0: And so BD, yes. Becky Dunn is preaching today, and she's going to give us some good news. And so I just want to pray for yes, us please. with you. Father, thank you for your servant, my sister Becky. God, we place ourselves at the mercy of your spirit now that good news would, would make these dry bones live. God, um, invigorate and animate us by your spirit. And allow us to hear the words you speak to us today through Becky. In your name, Jesus, we ask. Amen. The Lord be with you this morning. In two weeks, it will have been one year since I first stepped through those doors. There were many things that led to my journey of leaving the church I had been a part of and finding this community. But one of the big ones, was the pain of being single in a community that idolized marriage. A year ago this week, the church I was attending launched a series on relationships. I had quietly sat through six other marriage series, and I just didn't think I had it in me to do it one more time. I already have Valentine's Day to remind me every year of what I'm missing out on. I didn't need the church to remind me as well. Yeah. But as I started talking about this sermon series, and they talked about it being about relationships, they said they were going to do a sermon on dating. So I got a little more optimistic, cautiously. I thought maybe it might be different this time. I was out of town the weekend that the sermon was preached, so listen to it later. And I remember going about my house just doing some chores and listening to this sermon. And it started out with a little ditty that played on the idea of how there's plenty of fish in the sea for everyone. And in the ditty, they said that there's a partner out there for everyone. And I felt my heart sink. Because I can't remember a time in scripture where that's actually promised. And in fact, it's quite the contrary. I mean, I'm thinking about Paul who talks about how it's better to be single. I'm talking about Christ himself who was never married. And here I'm being told from church that everyone has a partner. Apparently Jesus missed out. I couldn't understand why church valued marriage higher than scripture or Christ does himself. And I continued to listen as the pastor told jokes and poked fun at catfishing and online dating in a way that only a happily married person could. He didn't quite discourage online dating, but he made it pretty clear it wasn't the best way to meet someone. Now I, like most of my single friends, have done online dating. I'm not saying I like it, I actually think it's pretty terrible. Online dating is like shopping at Goodwill. You dig through a lot of junk until something catches your eye and then upon closer inspection you realize it's a dud. That's how it goes most of the time. But there's a difference between being single and not liking it and having a married person who is your pastor tell you that it's not the best way to do it. And his answer was church. He went on to say that the best way to meet somebody is to get involved and to serve in church. And that if you do that, if you're serving in church, one day you're going to look around and a really hot salmon is going to be serving next to you. And that's how couples are made and he gave the example of his 23-year-old son and how that happened to him. And this wasn't just bad advice because that's not why you should get involved in church, which you would think would be obvious to a pastor, but it was also painful because I was involved in church. I've spent my entire adult life spending countless hours in serving in various ministries, being involved in church, and it has never provided me with a husband. I was hurt and I was disappointed by this sermon. I went in hoping and expecting to be encouraged, and what I got was the message once again that I am incomplete in my singleness, that I am not seen and whole as who I am, And I got bad advice on how to find a partner. And after that sermon was preached, I could not physically bring myself to step through the doors of that church again. The wounding and the pain was just too deep. I had come wanting healing and a balm, and what I got was a proclamation riddled with bad news. I was longing for blessing and affirmation. And I left feeling unwanted and incomplete. But today, the good news that we proclaim is that Jesus is present in the place we need healing, and he invites us to be agents of healing to others. In our passage last week, Jesus is standing in the temple and he's quoting a passage from Isaiah, and I want to read that to you again. He said, "...the Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoner and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor." And last week, Ben talked about what it means to be poor, and we were given this concept of it's being cut off from community. It's a lack of blessing. And it's not just the pain of being poor, but it's the pain of not being with people, of being excluded. And it also talks about how Jesus is a restorer of people to their full status. It's about how he weaves stories of rejection into stories of inclusion. It's about having full and equal status to those around you, despite how those messages are conveyed sometimes. Because everyone, every single person, is included in the invitation of Jesus. And he came into their midst and declared this message, that he was the embodiment of inclusion. Not just yesterday, not in some distant future, but today. This very day, Christ is present in the place we need healing. And as the body of Christ on earth, we are the embodiment of that healing to others. Part of what it means to be included in the blessing is we become people of inclusion. We become agents of blessing because we have the same authority that Christ has and the same spirit in us. The fulfillment. Of this promise was rooted in the personhood of Jesus and it is also rooted in who we are as his people. And I think it's also worth noting that the people that were hearing this message, they thought they were the immediate beneficiaries of the message. They were looking at Jesus, the son of Joseph, one of their own people, and thinking, He's talking to us. We are the ones receiving this healing. They filtered it through their presumption of who who Jesus was. But Jesus wasn't just one of them. He was the Son of God, and that's where he was speaking as it from, the Son of God. He flipped it on its head. And he goes on to say this. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel. Those were his people in Elijah's time. When the sky was shut for three and a half years, and there was a seven year famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. There's a parallelism in this passage between the Israelites and the non Israelites, and it underscores the neediness of the people of God, and yet that's not who received the healing. It was a non-Israelite widow. Everybody gets blessed. Even the people that you hoped wouldn't get blessed get blessed. And I don't know about you, but I have certainly watched people get blessed that I thought were less deserving of a blessing that I wanted and even felt like I was owed. I have been the widow of Israel that was doing everything right and following all the right teachings and watched others scoop up blessings I was waiting for and thought I deserved. As of last summer, I've had nine roommates get engaged. I've had roommates that clutter the sink with dirty dishes, leave articles of shoes and clothing strewn about the floor, have bedroom floors that are barely visible, get married before me. (laughs) I am not saying I am the cleanest person in the world, but I guarantee you I top some of the people that I have lived with. (laughs) I've watched love stories unfold before my eyes again and again. I've watched weddings get planned and ceremonies take place. I've stood next to brides with a smile plastered on my face and an ache of longing in my heart. And all the while, waiting for the blessing I had worked so hard to deserve. The good news today is that Jesus is present in the place we need healing. And he invites us to be agents of blessing and healing to others. For the past few years, at the end of every day, I've written things I was grateful for on a slip of paper and put it in this giant jar that I call my gratitude jar. And then at the beginning of every year, I dump those all out and I read through them. It gives me kind of a snapshot of what the year was like and reminds me of all the things I'm grateful for, both large and small. That moment this year was more very significant for me because I walked through a really hard season last year. I walked through a season of questions and doubt. I felt a distance between me and God that felt insurmountable. I wasn't in danger of losing my faith, but I was white knuckling it throughout most of last year. So the marking of this practice was very meaningful to me all year, and especially looking back on it. And I remember that day, and after reading through all of those and seeing different things and different themes I was different things that I've been grateful for, I was in the shower that morning and I told God that I wanted this year to be different. I couldn't do another year like last year. I wanted our relationship to be different. I wanted to be more in tune with him, more present to him, more aware of his presence in my life. And as soon as I had said those words, he started showing me ways that he had been present. I saw flowers and blue skies and green grass. I saw sunsets and sunrises on the water. I saw warm summer days and crisp fall days. And then I was flooded with the faces of people at the table, this community. And this is what I heard God whisper to my spirit. Do you think it's a coincidence that so many of the things you were grateful for this, in that jar this past year are tied to the table? I sent them to you and you to be among their midst. At a time when I felt the farthest away, I gave you this community to be my hands and feet and arms of embrace. They stood in that gap and met you in your physical need and reality. I received the blessing of inclusion in community after I have felt excluded. In a time when I didn't sense the presence of God, I received his presence through the church. And that's why today, this day, not tomorrow, not yesterday, but today, Jesus is present in the place we need healing, and he invites all of us to be agents of healing and blessing to others. This community brought life to me this past year, but more importantly, it brought me God. It fed me, sometimes literally, the body of Christ. It was my substance when my belly was aching with hunger and longing. At the beginning of last year, I didn't know how this story would unfold. I couldn't see my way through the pain. I'm not God. I can't perceive how He works. But in that moment in the shower, the thing that struck me so significantly is that I didn't receive healing in the way I had been expecting to, in the blessing I had wanted. The way I received it was through His community, through His body, through his presence in my life. It was a moment of epiphany for me, literally. I saw the how Christ was manifested in my life in a way that I had not expected and not even been looking for. And I want to ask you today, Who in your life needs healing? And maybe it's you. Maybe it's a neighbor or a coworker or a friend. Maybe it's somebody you would go out of your way to avoid because they clutter sinks with dirty dishes and leave stuff all over the floor. Somebody you think is less deserving than you or undeserving altogether. What does it look like to step outside the box and to invite others into the invitation that Christ has invited all of us into. In this community, I felt love, and I think I was relatively easy to love. But what does it look like to step beyond that so we can all be agents of healing and blessing to others, to those outside of our space and our sphere? Because everyone is included in the invitation of Jesus because he is present to everyone. And so how can we be good news to those who need healing? Our response today, if you open your booklets... It's going to be, God, I ask that today I would be aware of your healing presence in. And you can fill in that blank wherever you need to see it. Maybe it's in your own life. Maybe it's in the life of somebody that you know and love. Maybe it's in circumstances in our world. And help me to be an agent of blessing and healing in the lives of others. God, I ask that today I would be aware of your healing presence in broken relationships in my life. Help me to be an agent.